Blog Talk Radio. Did Anya let you know they will be here? Say that again. Anya, did she let y'all know? Uh, I hadn't heard anything. She told me in a text. Oh, okay. He's one woman, he's working on it, so I don't want to get to the door. Oh, goodness. He gets to get his heart procedure, but they don't know when yet. Okay. So. All right, give me just one second, sister, and I'll have your numbers over there. Here we go. There you go. Thank you. All right, well, let's stand and get us a songbook. Let's turn in it to number 413. We're going to sing Love Lifted Me. 413. Just give me time to take a drink of coffee. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stayed within, thinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. All my heart to Him I give, ever to Him I plead. In His blessed presence live, ever His praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, merits my soul's best song. Faithful loving service to do Him belong. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Souls in danger look above, Jesus completely saved. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, fills his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Amen. Praise God. Thankful it did. Amen. I wouldn't be saved, wouldn't be here tonight. Thank God I'm saved. Amen. Well, praise God. We are we are down to the nitty gritty tonight. So we need to pray for everybody that's out and wherever they're at tonight. I, I don't know. I know some are home because they can't get out. They've been through 
things today, I guess, um, procedures and whatnot, maybe. Some of them, I can't remember who's had what. All right, well, <laughs> anyway, but we need to remember to pray for Bonnie. I, I know she's traveled up to Branson, and her and, like I said, her friends or family, I can't remember what she said, but I guess I could look, but it's on that. I can't look, so Elka. But anyway, like I said, she'll be gone. Pray for Mom. She's leaving tomorrow and going going back to Arkansas. She just went up there and then came back and come to church and then try and go back and then come back again. So she, she just trying to put miles on her car, evidently. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, she's hauling grandkids, but that ain't bad. There's a lot worse things to do. Pray for her safe trip. Miss Charlotte, pray for your foot to get well and her side to get stiffness and soreness to get over with. And uh, you got any other prayer requests? Okay. All right, we'll lift Pam up in prayer. Um, I, my, my friend Carl Cullum, his wife today, was mentioning how they're just going through some struggles and, and his health ain't never got no better, I don't think. And it's just tough on them. So lift her and him up in prayer. Uh, my my friend, Krupa uh, Emanuel, the uh, native pastor from from over in India, I haven't heard from him. I was He was talking about he was trying to get his passport and visa and hoping he could get it. And then I didn't hear from him anymore. So I'm hoping he's on an airplane headed for the United States. And that's the reason I ain't heard from him. Then again, I don't know. So y'all please pray for him. Hopefully all that works out and he's able to come and maybe y'all get to meet him. Um, trying to think who else. I know there are others I got on my heart and mind. Scott, for one. How is Scott? Do you, you talk to him last day or two? All right. Well, we're praying for him. I know I know he just gets tired of it. He just gets, he gets discouraged, but I don't want him to. I want him to keep his eyes on the Lord and not get discouraged. Uh, anybody else? All right. I'm sure we all got people if we thought about it. But uh, let's take it to the Lord tonight. Let's turn it over to him. Ask God to meet with everything. And, and uh, remember to uh, pray for Dan and, uh, and Anya as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Robert, lead us in prayer. <laughs> Amen. You can be seated. Oh. 
Savior made 
brakes there, didn't you? <laughs> she let off that pedal. It, was, it stopped right there. Amen. Praise the Lord. These are autobiographical. I, I got hopefully next year I'll have my, my record done. Record done. Dating myself. I don't what you call it anymore. Do you call it a CD? Yeah. Nobody has CD players anymore. You call it I finished my Apple project. I don't know what you call it anymore. But uh, anyway, but this this is one I wrote just uh, about how far the Lord brought me. It's called Jesus Walked with Me.
and see what good folks we got over here, and we'll love you and make you feel at home. Starting with verse 22 tonight, the Bible said, Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. I'll tell you what, understanding is a commodity that, boy, it, it, it's, it's precious. I remember I remember back when I was younger, and, and there was a lot of things I really didn't understand. I was confused about a lot of things in life. And, and you know, I thought I had all the answers, but I didn't, you know. You remember how it was, Richard? I know you. I mean, it ain't been that long for neither one of us. When we when we finally had that, that epiphany and realized, hey, I don't know nothing. <laughs> I don't know nothing. I thought I knew it all. I don't know nothing. It's, it's a wonderful thing when that takes place because then you can begin to actually take in wisdom and knowledge because up to that time, you think you got everything you need. You don't want anything else. And uh, But it, praise God, when you can, when God, when you finally can submit yourself to God and his and his wisdom and his truth and quit fighting against God, then God can pour into your spirit wisdom and understanding and help you to grow and, and be strong and, and, and know how to deal with life. But, uh, again, understanding is a wellspring. It means it's like a fountain. That's what that wellspring is. I mean, if you when you dig for a well and you hit water and it comes shooting up, that's, that's a wellspring. And uh, so it's a fountain. And it keeps giving and giving and giving. You know, uh, usually springs, you know, they they don't quit anytime soon. They're, they've been there for a long time, and they'll be there for a long time after we're gone, you know. And uh, so, you know, it, it just keeps on giving and giving. And, you know, you can always get some good knowledge from a wise or a good, and a good man. You get around a, a wise man or a good man, you can always count on getting you get something from him. You'll learn something. Just keep your mouth shut and just watch and listen, and you'll learn something that you can take with you, and then it becomes a part of you. And, and so it's good to sit and listen to wise men. And, uh, you know, your, your, his understanding, it's a wellspring of life to him. I mean, it, it, when, when you're wise, when you have wisdom down in you, again, that, that wisdom, that understanding, it, it feeds you because, again, it's there. It ain't going anywhere. Amen. And so time after time, problem after problem, situation after situation, you don't go into it going, what do I do? What do I do? You've got wisdom in you that gives you a different perspective on the situation. I've watched two different people handle the same situation, a knowledgeable person and a person that ain't got no idea. The person that ain't got no idea panics because what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? The person who has knowledge looks at it, thinks about it, and then begins to act and fixes the problem. And, and again, that's that's the key. That's understanding, and and, and it helps. I mean, it, it, it flows and it don't run dry, uh, you know. And that person always seems to know the right thing to do or the right thing to say. Now, why is that? Why is that? Because they have understanding, they have wisdom down in their soul. Uh, what that person says is is helpful. It's instruction, and it'll be a blessing to people if they'll take it in and they'll use it. You know, uh, again, that, that person we're talking about, God reminds them of old nuggets of wisdom, things they hadn't thought of in a while, and shows him new nuggets of wisdom. Why? Because, because again, he's tapped into the source. That person is looking to God. That person has realized that God is the source of wisdom, so I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep coming back to where the blessings come out. I'm not going to go looking for other places. 
I guarantee you, if a man goes digging for gold and he's digging for 20 years and he hits a gold, he, is a, he hits a vein of gold, he's not going to get up the next morning and go around the other side of the mountain and start chipping away. He's going to stay where he's found it, right? Amen? You know, if you hit oil, you're not going to drill somewhere else. You're going to drill right there. Again, a wise man is the one who says, hey, I, when I go to God, I get good answers. I get understanding of my problems. So I'm not going to go to look. I'm not going to go try out Buddhism for a while. I'm not going to go uh, explore uh, hedonism and uh, the lust of the flesh. No, I'm going to I'm going to stay where God where God's blessings are. And so, and again, God give you old stuff and God will give you new stuff, and and He'll nourish that man's understanding. He'll nourish it. You don't run out once you got it. You don't run out. And it, it, it's again, it's like it's like a spring that just keeps feeding you fresh constantly. Wisdom allows uh, it affords you peace in your life. You know, again, the man that's, that's foolish and stupid—I guess the best word is stupid—because uh, again, if you ain't got any wisdom and, and you're not trying to get any, you're pretty dumb or stupid. And you know, that person ain't got no peace because life is full of one trouble after another. And you know, I've heard the expression before, life's hard. It's harder when you're stupid, you know. And I think that's true. And, again, some people can't help not being very intelligent, but, but stupid and, and is different than that. That's a choice. When you're stupid, you choose to be stupid. You choose to be foolish. It's the same. They're synonymous in my mind when I use those two words. Uh, again, but the person with wisdom, they don't, they don't go through that aggravation. They find satisfaction in life. Why? Because they they know that moderation is the key to it. Amen. It's not constantly chasing after something. It's it's being happy with what God's given you. And when you're wise, you understand those things. And those things will will you know that'll edify you. That helps you. That give, that gives you strength and, and and it helps you to to uh, to enjoy your life and not be constantly chasing your tail. Understanding. Praise God. And, and realizing what what this life is about, Amen. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs fourteen twenty seven, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. So when a person finally figures out that quit trying to do it your way, quit chasing your tail, submit to God, realize that again, like Jesus said, I said earlier, without me you can do nothing. When you come to that conclusion, then when you're uh, and you're willing to submit yourself to God. The Bible says there's the fountain of life. To depart from the snares of death. I want to get out of there. I don't want to be around the snares. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the neighborhood where I, could, where I could die as a result of my actions. Nobody, nobody should want to. Nobody should want to be foolish enough to play around where you can get killed by being by doing stupid things. You know, y'all, y'all heard that, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, you know one person plays fast and loose with their life, they usually end up losing their life. John five twenty four, The Bible says, Verily, verily, Jesus said, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. He hears my word. Amen. Again, that person has understanding. That person, listen, praise God, he's got eternal life, but it, but but better than that, I mean, I mean, not better than that, but along with that, he's got understanding that, that he would get from the Word of God. Let me keep on going. John six sixty three. Jesus said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, 
The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Again, it's that wellspring of life that keeps springing up. Jesus said, the words that I'm speaking, again, it's eternal life and it just keeps on flooding you with life. Amen? God, hey, there ain't never a time when we go to God's word and we come back dry. Just don't happen. If it, you know, if we do, I guess it's because we weren't trying to get anything from it. Amen. But if we go sincerely and honestly to God and say, God, I need something from you, God's going to give you something. That's just who he is. <clears throat> the Bible says, but the instruction of fools is folly. So again, understanding is a wellspring of look, a wellspring of life, but instruction of fools is folly. You're never going to get anything good out of a fool. That's just that's just the way it is. Even if a fool's being serious, it's foolish seriousness. It, it's nonsense. It ain't real seriousness. But but it's just foolishness, like himself. And anybody listening to the fool is going to end up just like the fool. When the fool does his best, the fool is, is is full of foolishness. I mean, that's all he can do because he has no wisdom in him or he wouldn't be a fool. Matthew fifteen fourteen, Jesus talking about the Pharisees. Uh, he, he said, let them alone. Leave them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. They can't see it. They can't lead anybody else to see that I'm, that I'm the Son of God. They can't help anybody else to see the way of salvation. They are fools, he said. If the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a ditch. Get that picture in your mind. Two blind people trying to walk along, helping each other, and they both fall over in a ditch because they don't know where they're going. And that's, again, that's a religious man who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior trying to lead somebody to God. They don't know where they're going. It's foolishness. The best that Catholic priest can do down there at that Catholic church is lead people to hell with his doctrine. That's the best he can do. Because he ain't got he ain't got enough salvation in there to strike a match. There ain't nothing in there that tells person that Christ is enough. It's all you gotta have this and you gotta do that, you gotta do this. Now I'm I'm not just on the Catholics, but any of them that add to or take away from Jesus is preaching foolishness and folly and leading people into hell. Verse 23, let's keep going. I, I spent too long on that one. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. The heart of the wise, the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Now what is this, what is this saying? I want you to look at verse 21. 21, we had that one last week. That's the one we finished on. The Bible says, The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. And he, all, he praised in verse 21, he praised uh, eloquent command of the language, the sweetness of the lips, being able to really speak. But in but in but and he says it increaseth learning. In other words, you know, Man, a person can really speak, man, and it can really get through, and you can learn. And it almost seems like he prefers excellent speaking above wisdom, but he corrects himself here. And he and he shows us that, that there's that that there's good treasure of wisdom within the heart to support the eloquence, or it ain't worth nothing. 
If there's not some wisdom down in that heart, what's coming off the lips means absolutely zero. I'll give you some examples. Politicians and lawyers are extremely eloquent. Language there is. But they don't say a whole lot. Anybody ever heard Jerry Jones talk? He can say a whole lot. Fancy talking, he said nothing. Flaherty Lang, I mean, he'll talk circles and he said nothing. Uh, you know, again, let Joe Biden talk for a few minutes. He said a whole bunch of gibberish and he said nothing. You listen to some of them politicians. I mean, the Gavin Newsom, listen to him talk. He says a whole lot and don't say nothing. All them, all them cats, they don't, they don't say anything. They talk in circles. Wisdom is the main matter. Wisdom down in your heart, that's the main thing. It, it ain't about how good you can talk. Wisdom, wisdom directs us when we speak. Wisdom teaches the mouth what to speak, when to speak, and how to speak. It guides us to say what's proper, what's pertinent, and what's seasonable. Now, what do you mean by seasonable? Well, I'll get to that in just a second. Wisdom and charity are sisters for sure. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So if I talk, if I talk much flowery words and I don't have the love of God in what I'm saying, what's the point? I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I go down to Mansfield, Louisiana. I've been going out three years in a row, and I hear some of the best preaching that I hear anywhere down there. I mean, there's some, there's some guys, man, you talk about preachers now. They'll preach paint off the walls. And, I mean, and they ain't got to preach loud and holler or nothing like that. Just, I mean, just absolutely make you want to crawl up on the pew. And then they'll get somebody. Uh, the last two years, there's been somebody from a seminary, a, prof- a, a president from a seminary who just came in to preach. And both of them, man, I mean, they just dry as that piece of paper right there. I mean, Boring. I, I I wanted to go to sleep the whole time just so I wouldn't have to sit and listen to them. Now I mean I I had I did I, I did listen to them, but first of all they had wrong Bible. That that turned me off to begin with, and there wasn't no fire in what they said. There was no it, it was no warmth to it. It was just words. You know I mean again just just words. Might as well have been Charlie Brown's teacher up there talking. You know just noise. It really it didn't speak to to my heart. It didn't do a thing, and I'm not trying to run them down. I'm just telling you there's a difference in getting up and, and giving an oratory speech and getting up and preaching your heart what God laid on your heart. There's a big difference, and wisdom directs us. Wisdom is that charity that Paul's talking about here when he talks about when he talks about speaking with charity. He's hey, listen. It ain't just a noise. It ain't just a racket. It, it means something. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Listen to what this says. Let, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with these and with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Now, I, I'm not getting away from our subject here, which was the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. So the heart is teaching the lips, okay? That's what we're trying to say here. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 again. He says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. In other words, live your life 
in such a way that that your wisdom helps other people who are who are who don't know God. Those them that are without are those that are not a part of us as believers in Christ. So we're to walk and live our life in such a way so that we that we share that wisdom with those who are outside of Christ. And the Bible says redeeming the time, which means thinking about, hey, Christ is coming soon. We better be busy about this. Amen. And he says, let your speech be always with grace. In other words, honoring the Lord and, and, and speaking of, of good things and, speaking, and being charitable to others with our speaking and not being destructive and tearing down, but building up and trying to lead others to the Lord Jesus Christ and pointing them to God and pointing them to Calvary, helping them with our words, not tearing them down. He says, now listen, he says, let it always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Salt is a symbol of lasting agreement, okay? Here's why, why I say that. Because it salt, when you cover food in it, it protects food from putrefying. It protects food from rotting. It keeps it in a suspended state. It, it, it comes in agreement. In other words, it's in a state of harmony. The meat ain't going to change. It's there. Okay? That's what, that, that's what, that, that's what that, that is referring to. Okay? It preserves it unchanged. Salt. The Bible talks about us being salt. He says, you're the, he says, salt, he tells us, you're the salt of the earth, right? He says, salt is good in Mark 9, 50. But if salt has lost its saltiness, wherewith shall you season? Have, have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. So what in the world is this talking about? He tells us to, 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 to let our, our speech be with salt. We're, we're, we're okay. We're to be salty. Let's let's go a little further, and we'll get back to this. Okay. Now, now we're to have wisdom in it from our heart, which affects our lips. Wisdom, wisdom, which is in our heart. That's why we need to study the Word of God and and know God and 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 get to know Him and His wisdom and Him give that wisdom to us because it will give weight to what we say, and it'll add learning to what we say, so that when we say things, it's able to help other people. It'll have the strength of reason behind it. Why? Because it comes from God who gives us things that are reasonable, who, who, who created reason, who created logic. It'll have the force of logic behind it, and it'll be hard to resist. It won't be our words. It'll be God's word, God's truth. Amen? And, and listen, we hear influential people speak all the time, and, and their words are colorful and expressive. But like I said, like Jerry Jones, you often left wondering, what in the world did they just say? It sounded pretty. It sounded expensive. The words were like five other words y'all used in that sentence, but I didn't quite get all that. You know, and, and some people, they use colorful words when they talk. They, 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 they use colloquialism. They, they say things like, boy, if it had been a snake, it would have bit you. You know? Or, or, or boy, he made it by the skin of his teeth, didn't he? That's Bible, by the way. Uh, that comes from the Bible. You know, boy, she's as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. You know, that, those kind of things. You know, colloquialism. Those, those are, those are that, that's using your words. That, those kind of things, you know, they please your ear, they tickle your fancy, but, but, but we don't need humor. 
Humor's not our great need of this hour. It's wisdom. We need wisdom. This world is drowning in foolishness. And, and we don't need any more clowns. We don't need any more comedians. We need people with wisdom. We need godly men and godly women. Uh, we need people with salt in their speech. Salt in their speech. So what does salt do? What does salt do? Well, we said a while ago it, it preserves, right? What else does salt do? Huh? Makes things taste better. But what else does it do? It heals. Huh? It heals. I'm looking for something else. You get some on your finger and you rub your eye. What was it? It burns. It irritates. Yeah. Get a little cut. Get a cut on your hand. Get some salt in it. What happens? It burns. It irritates. You know what? God called us to be irritated. I'm not. I'm not giving you nothing crazy. I'm giving you something to, for real tonight. God has called us to be a little bit irritated. Now, now I'm not telling you God called us to be jerks. I, God didn't call us to be jerks. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Let's let's look at Colossians four, five, and six again. Again, we are to walk in wisdom, to live our lives wisely toward those who are without, redeeming the time, understanding the lateness of the hour, letting our speech be always with grace. Again, we're not to be critical, hurtful, harmful. No, our speech is to be with grace. We're to be gracious in the way that we do things, but we are to season our words with salt. How do we do that? With the wisdom of God's word. So we are speaking, we are to be speaking God's wisdom, his truth, his word, and our word, we're to quote Bible. We're to, we're to use God's truth and his wisdom to share with other people and help them along the way. Guess what that's going to do to somebody? That's going to irritate some people. That's okay, though. God says that's all right. Be gracious when you do it. Don't be mean when you do it, but we're to share that. Why? Because he said that you may know how you ought to answer every man. That's what God's word says. We're to we ought to know how to answer everybody. Well, that's, that's not hard for me because I have the answer that everybody needs. And you know what that does to some people? It irritates some people. That's okay though. God told me to be a peculiar person, zealous under good works. <clears throat> but again, the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. We're to seek after the wisdom of God. The Bible tells us in James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom. So he so said, I don't know a whole lot. Okay, well, don't say it. Here's the answer for you right here. You say, I don't know a whole lot. If any of you lack wisdom, don't sit whine about it. Don't say, well, I don't know what to do. Here you go. Let him ask of God. God, I don't have no wisdom. I need your help. That's what God said to do. There ain't no excuses. Ain't ain't nobody out there tonight who says, I'm too stupid or too dumb. I ain't got no learning. I can't do nothing for God. Yes, you can. The dumbest fella who ain't got enough sense to get up out of the rain, amen, if he just give his heart to God and his head to God, God can give him some wisdom. That's the truth. There's no excuse. I mean, there's people who got every excuse in the world, but why they are the way they are, but if they quit making excuses and they just look in the Word of God, they find out they can be what God wants them to be. Amen. That's true. If they just let God have their head, he'd comb the kinks out of it. Amen. He said, if you just ask me, 
And the Bible said he giveth all men liberally. That God's a liberal? Not in the sense that people think of that, but God is liberal in the fact that he don't hold back. Say, so you want wisdom? How much you want? How much you want? I got more back here than you have. If you keep coming back, I promise you, God says, if you keep coming back daily, I'll pour more wisdom in than you can hold. If you'll just come to me and say, and open your mouth wide, as he says in Jeremiah, I will fill it. God wants to give it to you more than you want it. That's the truth. Verse 24, i got to hurry. <laughs> that help y'all when I say that? <laughs> Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I like honeycomb. Y'all like honeycomb? I do too. I don't. I ain't talking about the cereal neither. That stuff hurts your mouth. But that Captain Crunch eats the enamel off of anything. It's stuff. It's like a scouring pad. But uh, no, we ain't talking about that kind of honeycomb. We're talking about the good kind that comes in the jar from the from the uh, beekeepers. The Bible says that, that, that pleasant words are like a honeycomb. <clears throat> they're they're those that come from the heart of the wise. And they add learning. They're words of seasonable advice, words of instruction, words of comfort, words that come from God's word. Solomon learned this from his father in Psalm 19, verse 10, that they are words more to be desired than are they than gold, David said, yea, than much fine gold. And we know how precious gold is. People, people do all kinds of things for gold. Gold's high as a kite right now. Amen. Listen, gold's precious. <clears throat> Listen, and God says his, he told David to, to write down, you know, the words of God, are, are they're, they're greater than gold. So, you know, people ought to be seeking them. You, you'd think people would be trying to find Bibles. You'd think, you think, a, you think a, book, a, a Christian bookstore, man, there would be a line of people out the door trying to get in there and get a Bible so they get some wisdom. I mean, you would think you would think that again that man, they'd be the best seller in every bookstore. But to those who know how to relish these words, to those who know the the the, the value of these words, man, they're pleasant. The Bible says they're pleasant. They're like a honeycomb, except instead of on the tongue. Bible says they're sweet to the soul. The way the way that honey, when you take when you take that spoonful of honey or that dripper of honey or whatever you put honey on, when you get it on your tongue, man, it, woo! It just go. I mean, it, it's so sweet. Sometimes it just hurts, make you want to turn wrong side out. It's so sweet. When it hits your tongue, it's so good. When God's word sinks down in your soul and hits you right down where you live, man, it's so good. Let you know that the Lord is gracious. Amen. It's so good and sweet to you. You know God's good. You know he's gracious. There ain't nothing more satisfying and pleasing to the spirit of a man than the word of God. And people borrowed the word of God and, and, and wrote it into poetry and they've taken truths from the word of God and they wrote it into song and it's pleasant. And when people sing songs, I mean, listen, hey, there's some songs in this old hymn book when, they, when they're sung, my heart is stirred. And, and, and tears well up in my eyes and lump wells up in my throat. 
I mean, listen, it's pleasant to me. It causes me to be thankful for what I have. It causes me to rejoice in what Christ has done for me. Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are the words, are thy words unto my face, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. They're pleasant and they're wholesome. You know, there's a whole lot of things in this life that taste really good, and they ain't good for us at all. They're bad for us. I was eating some of that stuff yesterday. My wife bought some, I don't know where it's come from, but they like little sugar cookies, and they had... They had cake icing in the middle and had sprinkles all the way around them. Man, they were good. I ate about half a box of them things, and they wasn't no good for me, and I know that. I know that. I still ate them anyway. I couldn't stay out of them, you know. And, 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 but, you know, on the other hand, if you try to eat, say, man, I'm going to eat good. I'm going to start eating good. Guess what? It ain't going to taste very good, is it? No. Y'all ever eat them, uh, what are them, uh, rice cakes? You ever had a rice cake? Rice cakes, Melba toast, and tofu, all in the same category as far as I'm concerned. Ain't none of it worth driving over, much less putting in your mouth. Amen. <laughs> I wouldn't run a car over it, much less chew it. Amen. But, but you know, so, so again, things that are good for us sometimes don't taste very good, and things that are, that, are, that, that, that are bad for us taste really good. But the great thing about it is the Word of God it's good for us, and it's really good to us. Amen? It's, it's, it's wonderful. These pleasant words, they're healthy to our bones, to our spirit, as well to the soul. They make the bones which sin is broken and put out a joint to rejoice. The bones picture the strength of our body. And the good word of God like healthy marrow to those bones, strengthening us in our weakness. Verse 25. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, we've hit this verse before. This is the second time that the, I mean, the Bible's repeating itself. Its same verse was in 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 12, but it's repeated. Now, why would God repeat the same verse of Scripture again? I think probably because we need it, wouldn't you think? He didn't say it because he didn't have anything else to say. You know, it ain't like God. God's up there in heaven. And he said, "Okay, well, we wrote so much. You don't put one of them others in. Just, just fill it in." No, I don't think God did that at all. I think there's a reason for this. I think it's probably uh, number one to warn us. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. He's warning us to be very careful and not to deceive ourselves. Look here, by resting in that which seems to be right and really isn't. Seems right to us because it's me. I figure it's all right because it's me, you know. I mean, God knows me. God knows my heart. Can't nobody judge me but God, you know. Hey, so I, I figure it's okay. Me, you know. That's the way everybody does. That's why everybody's wrong when they do that because it's it's wrong. That, that, that's not how we're to look at things. Listen to me. You can't. Let me tell you some things you can't do. You can't straddle the fence and walk with God at the same time. You can't do that. You got to make up your mind you're going to walk with the Lord. You can't walk with the devil and with God. God ain't going to do this. Number two, the second thing I want to warn you about is if you are a friend of the world, you are an enemy of God. The Bible says so. 
To be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Third thing I want to share with you is if you love the world and the things that are in the world, you don't love God. The Bible tells us that. This is a warning against self-delusion because we can delude ourselves. We are good at fooling ourselves. We are to be impartial when we examine ourselves. We're not to do it from a, again, well, it's me, so it's okay. No, we're to look at ourselves just like we'd look at somebody else, like we'd look at our kids and what they're doing and what they're up to. Do I want them doing that? No. Well, I don't need to do it either. We need to be impartial when we judge ourselves. We need to keep a jealousy over ourselves because, you know what, we serve a jealous God who's jealous over us. So we ought to be jealous over our own selves and keep ourselves, as Paul says, I keep my body under. I don't let my body just do whatever my body wants to do. I'll knock a fire out of myself. That's what he's saying, metaphorically. He's saying, I'm not going to let myself get away with nothing. This verse is there to be a terror to those whose way is not right. If they're out of line with God, if they're off running from God, they're weighing as it should be. No matter how it may seem to themselves or to others around them, it's, it, God put this in here to, to shake them up and get their attention because the end thereof is certainly going to be dead because it has a direct and a certain tendency. And like we said, what God said in his word is going to come true. And the Bible says, They that sow to the flesh shall love the flesh reap corruption. And it's as sure as the sun's going to set here in just a little bit. Verse 26, He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. And this is trying to get us to be diligent, to get us busy, with whatever our hand finds to do, to do it with all our might, whether it be in worldly business affairs or whether it be working for God. You know, again, he that laboreth, laboreth for himself. We're not to count on what others are doing. We're to be busy for God. We're to be busy no matter what. And again, this is—I don't believe this is talking about like working like bricklaying and in, in, in carpentry and forestry. I'm like, this is heart work. This is work that we're to do for the Lord. This is this is ministry type work. This is caring about others and investing in others' lives. You know, uh, the labor of the soul, not necessarily the labor of the hands. And again, we're to we're to uh, we're to do that which is needful. You know, again. And, you know, what, what? he that labored, labored for himself, his mouth craveth it of him. Again, he's doing it. He's working. Some of this is about working, taking care of your own self. He said it, it, his mouth craves it. Our mouth is constantly craving. I don't know about you, but I get hungry. Y'all get hungry? The boy, took care of that appetite. It's all right. Nothing to be long summed up. We're, we're, we're either leaving an appetite. Or heading into appetite or in between appetite, but we're always near an appetite, no matter what. So because of that, we got to constantly be thinking about how we're going to take care of all these appetites. We're going to have to feed these appetites, right? And and it ain't just our physical appetite, or our belly wanting something to eat, but our soul has an appetite. And and when and when they go to saying I'm hungry, feed me. It's urgent, and they need constant relief. And, and so we either work or we starve. Genesis 3.19, God told Adam, in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread. You're going to work to eat it, son, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou was taken, for dust thou art, and unto the dust shalt thou return. 
And Paul told the church at Thessalonica in chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, he said that y'all study to be quiet. Quit running your mouth and do your own business. Quit being busybodies and get to work and work with your own hands as we commanded you that you may walk honestly, live an honest life toward them that are without. So other people outside the God's church and his, his, his body of Christ, they see you being honest and not trying to do things dishonest, but working and taking care of yourself, not trying to live off of other people, steal from other people, that takes things dishonestly. No, living and dealing honestly. He said, and that you may have lack of nothing. God says you do things right and you take care of things. God will take care of you. You do things right and work and take care of yourself. Second Thessalonians 3.10, he said, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, he's referring to what I just shared with you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. God was not a socialist, and God is not a socialist, and God never been a socialist. Amen? God's for a man making a living and taking care of himself and his family. He ain't for living, living off the government, that's for sure. Again, we're talking about things that are needful, and we're talking about things that will be gainful, okay? If, if, if you go out and you plant a bunch of grapevines, guess what you're going to do? You're going to eat grapes. You're going to have lots of grapes. You know how to grow them. You know, if you, if you plant an orchard, plant a bunch of peach trees, guess what? In a few years, you'll be eating a lot of peaches. You're going you're gonna to be blessed or gainful of what you've, what you've sown. And the Bible tells us in, in Galatians 6, 9 and 10, let us not be weary in well-doing. So we're not, to, we're not to be stingy with doing good and helping others and investing in other people's lives. And again, taking this wisdom and letting it come forth from our lips, sharing truth with other people. Again, investing in the lives of others around us and working a spiritual work as we go about our lives. And if we're not weary in well-doing, the Bible says, for in due season we shall reap. If we fight, if we don't stop, if we just keep going, if we fight not, if we'll just get up, put one day after another, live one day for the Lord, get up and live another day for the Lord, get up and live another day for the Lord, put one day in front of another, and pretty soon the fruit of that will start to manifest in your life. And you'll begin to have blessing in your life that you didn't have before when you weren't living for God like you should. If we make God's business our business, God will make it our blessedness simple as that. The last verse. An ungodly man diggeth up evil. I hate ending on a, on a sire note, but we're going to. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. We're going into talking about this ungodly man, but listen, these are these people that, that, that they ain't happy when somebody else is doing good. There's people out there like that. They can't stand to see somebody else succeed. They can't stand to see a good man or a good woman succeed either, for sure. They live to ruin a person's good name. There are people out there like that. They do all they can to just blast holes in that person by making false statements, by exaggerating things. They, they, they'll, they'll ask questions and dig into somebody's past, trying to find some evil, trying to find some trouble, trying to see if they can uh, – they, they, they take a whole lot of – they go through a lot of trouble to try to find anything out that they can that they can use to slander somebody or that they can use to cause suspicion. Kind of like tabloid magazines going around trying to stir up a story that ain't got no truth in it. But if they can take the picture just right and catch them with the right expression, then they can put a story with it. 
uh, again, people, they just want to try to do anything to make a person look bad. And again, and, and again, I, I, and magnify this on the grand stage, that's the same tactics that the progressive left right now are using to try to destroy any good American who loves the Lord and is patriotic. They vilify and try to paint them as crazy, as a nut. The mainstream media uses this tactic, does the very same thing, and there are gatekeepers at every level and every facet of the entertainment business who blackmail people and will do the very same thing and will ruin and destroy their careers if they don't do exactly what they say. There, there are ungodly people doing that everywhere, but it's not just on a grand scale. These people exist in the workplace. They, they'll try to ruin you and make your life a nightmare while you live there. They'll try to destroy you if they don't. If they see you doing good, working harder, and making a better living, and going, uh, getting advancement and beyond what they're doing, because they're sitting around with their lips stuck out with a sour disposition, they'll try to destroy you because you're going higher than they are. They, 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 they exist in local governments. They exist in civic organizations, and sadly, they exist in churches. You wouldn't think so, but they do. I hope and pray to God we don't have anybody like that in here, but you know what? It, it wouldn't shock me someday because that's the way this world is. In the lips of a slanderer and a backbiter, there is a fire. Not only to, to try to ruin his neighbor's reputation, to blow smoke on it and stain it, but... It's like a burning fire. He wants to consume his neighbor and destroy him. I'm going to close with, with James chapter 3, where it talks about the tongue. James said, even so, the tongue is a little member. It's not big. You compare it, you know, tongue compared to my arm is pretty short. Ain't very big. It's a small member. People don't see everybody's tongue when you're talking. Most people don't stick their tongue out. So it's a little member. It hides back there. Bible said it boasts great things. You know? My thumb don't talk a lot. My thumb don't talk much about what it can do. But my tongue sure does. Tongue's good at it. Bible said it boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. It sure will. I, I mean, I tell you what, I, I mean it'll somebody lit a little fire in Paris back in nineteen sixteen, burnt the whole thing down. You know? I mean, I remember several, uh, a couple of years ago, that, that was a guy, uh, he's dead now, but uh, Olin, not Olin, yeah, Olin Mitchell, I can't remember his name anyway, he, he lived right down the road from us, and, and uh, he was setting everybody's hay matter on fire. They have a hay stacked up, and he was just going around vandalizing, and he's set, he setting people's hay on fire. Man, you talk about a fire now. He was making some major fires. He, all it took was a cigarette lighter. It was a little fire, just a little bit of fire. Boy, it kindled a great matter. Tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. God ain't got a lot of favorable things to say about the tongue, does he? Boy, the tongue do some damage now. You know, again, it's a world of iniquity. Again, because you can't speak these things. You can, you, know, you don't speak these things with your feet. You don't speak these things with your ears. No, they come out of your mouth. That's what hurts. Again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Two things you can't call back, and that's words and bullets. Man, they both do damage whenever they come out. Uh, they come flying. 
He said, he said it, 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 it set on fire. It set on fire the course of nature. It set on fire a hell. And he says, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. I've been to SeaWorld, man. Them big old orca whales, man. They got them things where they'll jump up and do all kinds of tricks and everything else. It's amazing they could train something like that. Train elephants and camels and, and everything like that. I mean, anything they can train, but can't train the tongue. Can't get it, though. Verse 8 said, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And the one that really gets me is verse 9 and 10. He says, therewith, with the tongue, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. God help us to watch what comes out of our mouths. Because, again, as we've seen time and time again, it matters about how those who are without, how they see us, how they view us. And the things that we talk about, the things that we say, the way that we talk, the words that we use when we're not around our Christian brothers and sisters, there's the world's hearing, and I don't know that you do, but I hope you don't. I hope you don't say things that, that, that cause a blot on, on your Savior's name. But be careful what you say. Be careful how you talk to other people and treat other people. It really matters. Because you know what the Bible the Bible says the world the world's watching us. They they view us. We're living epistles read by men. So it matters. Amen. Let's let's try to be a blessing to others. Let's try to let's try to let the Lord use us and, and let's let's seek after the wisdom of God that we're able to, 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 to take it and season our words with, with the word of God, with, with with the truth of God, and share those things with others. Don't be afraid of what their reaction is gonna be. God God's gonna take care of you. If God leads you to say something, say it. Say it with grace. Say it with love and kindness. But we only got a certain amount of time. There's only a certain amount of of, of, of instances we're going to have between now and eternity to share Jesus with somebody else. And if we don't take them, there won't be any more. Once, once our, all our chances are gone, it's over, and we're out in eternity with the Lord, and we're going to end up coming face-to-face with what we did or didn't do. Let's make the most of it while we have time. Amen? Let's stand together.